Welcome to James Hill's Recorded in front of a live reindeer audience. It's a beautiful day, it's really nice weather. I'm feeling great cause I've got my sweater. Put on my shoes, let's get ready to go. Come on everybody, let's start the show. Hey everybody and welcome back to Jamesville. Um, it has been an entire month since we saw each other last and it's the Jamesville season finale. Can you believe it's already the season finale? We've been together for an entire season already. Growing and learning more about each other, making new friends. And isn't that what this holiday season's all about, making new friends? And if you're new here to the show, hey, welcome. Welcome, friend. Um, Jamesville is a show about Jamesville, um, and I'm going to welcome you and introduce you to all the goings on in my town, and then hopefully we have a special guest swing by. So thank you all for being here. Thank you all for those of you who have been here forever. I would like to introduce you now to one of our favorite traditions here in Jamesville. Um, at the end of Thanksgiving, the families get together, and we head on over to Mr. and Mrs. Terry and Terry Terry Tree. Emporium to pick out our Christmas trees for the year. Um, we love those Terry's. Let's pop on over and check it out. Hi everybody, we're here on Highway 1 uh, just outside of Jamesville um, and we're bringing you along on one of our favorite traditions around the Thanksgiving time. We all head out to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Terry and Terry Terry's Tree Emporium and oh, oh yeah they're there. I, I think I see them there. We're over here. Hey we're over here. Oh oh hey hey oh oh great to see ya. Uh, welcome. I'm yeah, Mr. Thanks. Terry Terry, and uh, yeah. over there is my oh, wife, uh, Mrs. Oh, Terry Terry. Hi, hi. Oh, hi. Come, come over Mrs. here. Mrs. Nice Terry. to meet you. And nice to meet yes, you. I, I'm Mrs. Terry Terry. Um, yeah. I, nice. We have Great been selling you. Christmas trees oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here yeah. at uh, Terry and Terry at Terry's Tree, Tree Emporium. Emporium. Now for, uh, oh, oh gosh, on. I'd say uh, 20, probably going on 20, 20 years. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. That's I'd, incredible. I'd say about 20 years here uh, off the one right outside of Jamesville. Uh, selling Christmas trees, um, just like the Terry family always have. Um, what brings you out? Can, can, how about we show you around the farm that, here well, that and would see be, if we can get you in, in, yeah. into a tree? Oh, that would be great, because uh, it's that time I'm chopping for a Christmas tree, as I'm sure everybody uh, else listening at home uh, is as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, give us a little uh, little tour around the place. Oh, yeah, um, you betcha. What, what's recommended this year? Well, let me show you. Uh, come this way. Okay. Um, over here, we have oh, yeah. uh, your. Oh, that's a beautiful Frasier fur. Oh, yeah. yeah the that's fur. gorgeous. Yeah. Look at that. that yeah, that's oh, she's yeah, a, she's she's a beauty. beauty. That's like your she's, typical she's like, this is Christmas a, uh, tree. A classic. Uh, majestic Christmas tree. Very majestic. Tree. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree. Tree, I agree. This tree, if this tree could be a car, this would be the Rolls Royce of cars. <laughs> like, uh,. So, oh, so it's a pretty it's, penny. Uh, it, it's a oh, real she's beautiful a tree. She's a beautiful uh, tree. Oh, very refined taste. Oh, very classy. Um, so what, what well, are we I'll talking? Tell I'll oh. tell you one thing. What? What's that? If you're not looking, uh -huh. oh, if you're not looking, 
It's good. It'll jab you right in Santa's back bumper, don't you know? <laughs> uh, if you know my meaning, right, mother? Okay. Yeah. Right, father. Yeah. It'll get you all right. <laughs> right, right in well, the back and that, oh, and that is unpleasant and definitely oh, not something unpleasant. I'm looking oh, for uh, <laughs> in a Christmas every tree. Year, so, every um, year, father. Why, let's walk around the lot a little bit more. Show me what else all you right. have. Oh, we yeah, have right. definitely. Uh, well, this way, down, okay. down this oh, path. This, um, show him this one. Show him oh, this one. Oh, oh I'm excited. Here's something I think that you're going to be really great. appreciate oh, by far um it is a fine uh norway spruce oh look at oh, that this is a fine norway tree spruce. oh and that's very, gorgeous uh, sophisticated tree for oh, sophisticated um, you, this will accommodate a wide range of styles and decorations oh, colors okay, and so really uh the if sky's the limit sky's on the what limit you want to put from, on this tree. Because um, I haven't bought my decorations yet, so I actually kind of like the sound of this. Class, uh, so it's not going to be so much in maintenance. Nope. Um, but good, I will good. tell Easy you, with this tree, um, if you aren't looking oh, here, and on. you uh, oh, have to make your way around it, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> it'll get you right in the South Pole Fudge Factory. Isn't that right, Mother? Oh, that's oh, right, Father. Boy. Why are you walking oh, around I've seen trees. that happen. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Well, noted on, on, on the um, Norway spruce. Um, Still a fine okay, tree. so Still a fine like tree. maybe we could find well, sure, a tamer sure. um, kind of tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a like, more like gentle a tree. Uh, I guess show me what else you have on the lot. You, you betcha. Oh, okay, sure. so okay. let's uh, head further this way. All right. And if you look over here to the left hand oh, side, you're going to see. One. What, the what? noble fir. Oh, now that I is know a what nice you're thinking. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I want to step my budget well, back to I, such a low quality. Well, no, no, tree. no, no. It doesn't bother me. Let me tell you, the noble fir. That's one that uh, don't 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 put it out based on the price tag. Oh, no, I'm getting a lot of tree out house. of this. Well, uh, tell me about it. You I know, it's definitely it. a more affordable option, okay. and you still have plenty of accessories for it. Oh, Very low well, maintenance. So I like what I hear um, so you, far. Look, it, it comes in a wide variety of colors, um, and, and it's great for your larger families. Yeah, well, look at all the well, gift all the room gift underneath. Room underneath. It, it is going to um, be just me. And this is a very fuel-efficient tree, too. Oh, but I'll okay. tell you, uh -oh. if you aren't looking, oh, no. oh boy, and you get right in front of this <laughs> thing, this it's going to get you right in the old Kris Kringle hole. Oh, now isn't that right, <laughs> okay. Mother? Oh, it will. It will. I've All right. seen it do it so many times. Oh, yeah. You will so maybe we need to uh, uh, keep an eye out or go to... Uh, maybe the less aggressive tree oh, section. Oh, you want the tamer um, version of tree. Like over there, yeah. over there. That's interesting. What? Oh, what is that? Is that a palm tree? Oh yeah, you betcha. That's our designer tree section. Oh yeah. I can see possibly you've got a more refiner taste. Oh, he's from like a little he's avant well, this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so we've picked up a whole designer line. That's uh, cool. Come on I, down. I, take I a look. If I've ever seen a designer uh, Christmas right tree. Uh, uh, this this what you call a palm tree right here. This is our oh. SoCal backpal. Yeah, uh, it's straight oh. from our farms straight in Southern California. California. Well, that's um, cool. You know, it's it's going to be your more exotic type of tree. This is for uh, those who sure, definitely sure. want, well, an, if you want an unusual really Christmas this year. This year. This is, <laughs> Calabunga this is... Santa, oh, am I right, oh, mother? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you betcha. Oh man, but I'll well, tell this is you awesome. What? Oh, what? Here, here we go. Yeah, it. It, 
Oh, oh no. yeah. It's I, all smooth. It, it doesn't do have that, any pokey if, uh, things on it. You aren't looking and you bend over but it can't poke to pick you. up a gift. No, it One can't. of those coconuts will fall right down oh. Santa's stink hole oh. located in North right Pole down. National oh. Park. Oh. Isn't that right, Mother? Oh, that's oh my right, gosh. Father. You'll need, need two hands to get that out. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Like well, um, I definitely don't want that, especially no. not oh, Christmas no. morning. No. Oh, you um, no. So, oh. Look, well, look at that over there. That Where, could be oh. fun. Oh, what, what is, yeah. is that a yeah. cactus? Yeah, yeah you betcha. Yeah, you bet. uh, what you're, you're looking at the Tejas Tickler right there. <laughs> Fancy. Okay. Uh, very, very popular very model. Popular. Uh, you know, now, for those, the Southwest. Absolutely. Uh, right. Like the cowboy starting thing. To, yeah. to, to come back in Christmas sure. time, you're starting to sure, see a lot of Pueblo it. nativity oh, yeah, scenes. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's popular. real, real fancy. Uh, doesn't require any water. I no. would think uh, Keeps the kids out. It's pretty decorated. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The flowers. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, boy. What? Oh, here it comes. The drawback. Okay. Oh. Uh, let me let me guess. Okay. Uh, run one small slip and uh, the needles oh. will stick you oh. right in Santa's oh. red fart sack. Oh. Am I right? Oh, oh goodness. Oh no, no, jeez. Oh lord, nothing like that. Oh, no. oh, well, no. okay, okay. That no. like to come roost on top of the trees might give you a good right. beating on Mrs. Claus's right love handles, pat, if pat, you know pat, what I pat, mean. Pat, if you don't there. watch out, don't you know? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, my my mistake, sorry. Oh, that's um, all right. Let's that's just right. keep looking, because I still right. haven't oh, found absolutely. the tree that's really well, jumped out at me. Oh, really screamed Christmas. So um, but... Well, hold on. What's this over here? Oh, is this just one. a large oh, light bulb? Light yeah, that one. is a large oh, light yeah. bulb. What you're looking, this is a very rare tree. <laughs> okay. Um, special it's a tree. new designer tree this year. Yeah, I'm interested. Making all sorts of uh, fuss and muss all over the designer oh, tree oh, market. On the cover of wow. You're looking at the Floridian okay. crack pipe, um, which it is one big light bulb. Oh, it's a light bulb. Uh, wow. Um, so it uh, <laughs> it, it comes pre-decorated. You just I plug just in plug the light in bulb. I can appreciate um, that. It's no cleanup. Uh, no, very easy upkeep. No it is great for areas all. and designed for areas where space is a big okay. concern. Okay. Um, it is very um, energy efficient. But, well, then uh, what's the drawback here? Oh, oh no, to, no, there's to no the tree? drawback. Oh, there's oh, no drawback. Oh, okay. This is a great tree. All right. Uh, the only thing that's possible that could happen is you spend so much time around the oh, tree yeah, yeah. Uh, that you'll end up in prison. And from oh, there, yeah. uh, it's what his friend uh, Travis, Travis is going to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't want all right. To do all right. With that. No. No. Okay. Yeah. No. We don't want anything to do with that. Um, well, this has been awesome, and oh, I'm glad we could come oh, by and bring everybody time. with oh, us. Oh, Remember, absolutely. everybody, if you're looking for a great tree, um, stop by Mr. Oh, and Mrs. Oh, yeah. Terry yeah. Terry come Terry's uh, Tree Emporium. Um, they're here. They've got great trees, and they're oh. happy to help oh, you out. Absolutely, we oh, yeah. love we love trees, and oh, we yeah. love getting you into that perfect Christmas tree. Oh, so right come on snow. down to Terry and Terry's. Uh, tree Emporium right yep. on Highway 1, right outside of Jamesville, uh, and between you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and remember, if, if it's, it's plastic, plastic it's, it's not, not a tree. tree. 
Well, that was uh, Terry and Terry Terry. Boy, they are great, and they have some fantastic trees. So I urge you, if you're in the market for a tree and you're around the Jamesville area, come on down and uh, see what they've got in stock. Oh, sounds like we've got someone waiting at the Welcome Center. Let's go see who it is. Hi, everybody. We're back at the Jamesville Welcome Center, and we have an amazing guest for you this month. He is an awesome uh, singer, songwriter, um, a, a great artist. Let's uh, welcome to the show Mr. Wally Pleasant. Thank you so much for being here, Wally. Oh, well, thanks for having me on, James. Appreciate um, it. So just a little history, like my Wally history, um, years ago, like I'm talking maybe early nineties, mid nineties, um, there were, uh, like college radio station here in Dallas and some alternative radio stations here in Dallas. And at that time, uh, music was flooded with, uh, you know, guitar driven alt rock, um, mm -hmm. bands like Dinosaur Jr., the Pixies. Um, so that's what we would hear, you know, during the, this alternative radio sets, but then right in the smack dab middle of it, suddenly something like stupid day job would come on. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it just like, was like a sore thumb. It was just like, Whoa, what the heck is this? It was actually kind of refreshing. Uh, cause it broke up some of that, uh, monotony and feedback and was something new and for some reason really stuck with me um, until years, years, years later, uh, late 90s, uh, I moved to uh, Denton, Texas, and I just randomly see that Wally Pleasant is playing <laughs> at a place in Denton, Texas, and I'm like, oh, the stupid day job guy? Absolutely. Let's go, let's go see him. <laughs> but that show... I remember that place. Yeah, it was awful. I think it closed because it had black mold in the in the vents. Oh, good lord! Okay, was it like a like a downtown? Yeah, it had food and coffee and stuff. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, so uh, now you know. <laughs> Years yeah. later, you were exposed to something. I was uh, wondering whatever happened to that. Yeah, <laughs> but it I was... tried calling, and the phone was disconnected. Yeah, <laughs> but it uh. Yeah, man, that show, um, and I remember vividly, I don't know what song it was at the time, but you would invite people from the audience on stage with you to play uh, Exilophone. <laughs> and I got to come up there and play. <laughs> and it was just, it it stuck I, with me. And, uh, oh, go that's ahead. That's awesome, yeah. You, did you, uh, was it like one of the the play school like yeah yes yeah yeah and i think uh, the song i think was uh um las vegas um because you wanted to uh add the canon and d part to it yes and uh so after that i went out i was determined to find a wally pleasant album and uh, I searched record shops in Denton, and the and finally I got a hold of uh, songs about stuff, which to this day, hands down, is my one of my favorite Wally albums. It it you, you probably wanted to conquer that xylophone part because that <laughs> Las Vegas song is on that album. Yeah, yeah, and I just every day, every day, 
(laughs) (laughs) Hammering it out. So uh, tell us a little bit. Do you come from a like a musical background or a musical family? No, not really. Um, My uh, my dad um, yodels. But uh, he he doesn't really sing, and he yeah. he likes uh, Hank Williams Sr. and um, Jimmy Rogers, who was a uh, kind of a uh, singer from the 1920s. And um, then my mom just you know is into the typical uh, stuff people people from her generation really were into, like the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel and Jim Croce, which is awesome stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. When, how old were you or when did you decide that music was something that you wanted to get into or pursue? Were you like the normal, did you have the, like the garage band as a teenager? I did. I, um, I guess, uh, I don't know if I ever convinced myself that it was something I wanted to pursue, but, um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I remember learning guitar when I was about 14 or 15 and then, my friend and I would go over to uh, this drummer's house who who was a big Neil Peart fan. So he had this double bass drum set that took up his whole bedroom and we'd practice like two, the two songs we knew. And then we would argue over milk and cookies about what to call our band name. You know? <laughs> Very innocent. And I think we knew, should I stay or should I go? And um, possibly a Ramon song. Right. Um, do you have any of those artists, um, and it, like I do, um, that influenced you in a way, like you don't hear it in your music, but they were just a in, big influence in you getting started. Like for me, and I love to hear like through lines and coincidences and people's memories and what drives them. So like for me personally, like my favorite story, I, when I started writing music and decided that I wanted to be a singer songwriter or join a band, Brian Wilson was a huge influence. And yeah, but it had nothing to do with like my, anything I put out never sounded like Wilson or the beach boys. And the reason why he stuck with me is when I was growing up in uh, Arkansas as a little boy, um, there was a, like a corner store, down the road from us and we were very poor family. And I remember going and looking in the bargain bin and there was a uh, cassette tape of pet sounds. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm talking like I'm eight. I have no clue what this is. It's got a, you know, animals on the cover. So I'm thinking it's a kid's album. This must be fun. So I'm too scared to uh, ask for whatever it was, the $5 to buy it. So I end up, shoplifting bubble gum from the corner store and reselling it at school to earn the money to buy pet sounds. And wow, you could have just shoplifted the pet sounds. I, like, I could have. You made it really complicated, yeah. It's That's like at eight nasty. years old, I had to live in a Tom Waits song. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have any of those memories of a, a musical artist that stuck with you? I just remember as a younger teenager uh, getting home from school and, and my parents both worked so so I'd be alone in the house and I would just uh, break into my mom's Beatles records and just uh, sing along and, and 
jam out like Tom Cruise and risky business, you know, kind of <laughs> a la, you know, just going, going for it, you know, get, getting into, into character. And as a result, memorizing just from singing along, just all the, all the lyrics and, and reading books about the Beatles and really, uh, really being, being a huge fan still. I mean, how could you not be, you know, right. still, right. still really, really enjoy it's kind of like um, when I uh, ask people, and I'll ask you too, like uh, bands that um, influence them, like specific bands that influence them. Uh, it, I, typically, I put like the Beatles off limits because we can all lead with that, like immediately. <laughs> yeah, it, that's true. Um, yeah, I think the specific album probably would have been like the Blue album, um, but something other than. The Beatles. Uh, my my dad had Tom Lear records. Oh yeah, um, like satirical um, guy from the 1960s. Um, he had Johnny Cash um, live from San Quentin. So I, I remember thinking, like, at that point when I listened to that, I, I was starting to get into like punk rock stuff and thinking, like, wow, this is this is more punk rock than anything he's he's playing in, at a, in a prison and right being johnny cash stuff have uh when, at what point did you decide um you know i i'm going this alone like i found my wally sound this is this is because it's very unique and your stage presence is very unique um which is why it stuck out so much in the 90s to me because i'm used to you know full bands loud band punk rock grunge hitting and it's like Wally Pleasant was the alternative to all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's a good question. Right before I went to college, I worked with a guy who was like a stand-up comedian, and I went to a couple of his shows, and I think that kind of influenced the the live performances a bit. And then I would I started writing songs around that time, so I kind of went in a humorous direction. And then when I went to to Michigan State, um, there was places that had open mic nights where you could you could just play every week and um i kind of made it a personal challenge to try try to write a song every week and uh in that that humorous vein and pretty soon had had you know a number of them built up over over time right it's like a it's kind of like um you know one of one of my favorite music stories too uh uh, from they might be giants them getting started and having the whole dial a song project where they would record a song on their tape answering machine and leave flyers around town and it was to hear a song call this number yeah, i'm sorry i caught i i missed the tail end of that we're right next to an l train oh yeah yeah it, it was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they would they would record a song on an answering machine in their apartment and um, leave little flyers around New York, you know, advertising, if you would like to hear a song, dial, you know, call this number. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's brilliant marketing for sure. Yeah. Um, well, would you classify yourself, um, uh, because I, I believe I've had this conversation with friends too, as a, you know, they when we talk about Wally Pleasant and the songs where you come up, it's always, oh yeah, the guy that does the funny songs. 
and I and I'm like, whoa, hang on, like they're not. He's not Weird Al. Like it's like observational satire to me. But how would you classify yourself? I think in the in the in between part between comedy and music, I think I'm I more toward the music side of it. I I'm not really. I don't think I am really an act that would play at a comedy club. I mean, I, I did a little bit, but I think it's more of a music venue kind of show, but with um, with some some lines that could be construed as funny, but not. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd say sixty percent toward music, and then maybe twenty percent toward comedy, and then the other twenty percent just. Uh, you can kind of um, interpret any way <laughs> you want. <laughs> and that's something I've like, uh, you know, going to shows and listening to albums. I, I've always appreciated the musician, the, the music and the, the lyricist first before, you know, the humor in it. Cause like in your new album, there's some very, uh, you, you have very clever lyrics. You're quite the wordsmith. Uh, and, uh, like the song happy hour, um, where it's, you know, what's so happy about happy hour. Maybe they put a little too much whiskey in their sour. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think people, everybody's been in, in that place before. Yeah. <laughs> it's the time and, it, and it's at a bar. Yeah. And something, uh, else that really stuck with me, um, because I think I've seen you coming through here, Texas and or Dallas, uh, uh, maybe three or four times. And I get the feeling uh, after the show, it's a, it's very similar to, I remember growing up and listening to, as a child, like artists like Raffi, and it's kind mm -hmm. of the fun sing-along. But and as an adult, like I come out of the show and I feel like I've been to a Raffi show at five years old and... <laughs> oh wow that's i i love that uh i love that comparison um it's i i think uh yeah that that's definitely uh i don't think i made a conscious effort to do that but the fact that you said you feel you feel that way makes me definitely feel good oh and it in it uh you know i have a child and which i try to expose them to to music um decent music and it's just children's music is I, like, I don't know if you have a child too, but uh, like you, it's so repetitive and just grates on your nerves after a while. And you're like, Oh my God, kid, can you just please listen to something real? And uh, <laughs> I uh, put on, I used to play for him. Um, the cat came back. And uh, as he was getting older, if I were, and I, if I were like really stuck with him and, and really it, like the lyrics are very inspiring. I mean, to like a five-year-old. Um, wow. Yeah. I guess you can learn um, also that the same word can mean two different things. So it's kind of educational. In that way too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like uplifting and educational. <laughs> Uh, um, it's kind yeah. of the same, uh, it's not easy being green kind of lesson. Right. Right. The, uh, rainbow connection or, and, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, I, I thought about doing a kid's record. I, it's been kind of in the back of my, uh, for, you know, the last 25 years, I've thought about doing like uh, all, all history-based um, biography um, songs and about historical figures and call it um, minute biographies. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you should. I'm in, I am supporting this idea. Okay. <laughs> he, uh, like the, the other day, and in children's music, like it's, it's really super hard to find really good, decent children's music. And like the other day, I remember my son was taking a bath and, you know, he was singing Cat uh, Stevens in the bathtub. <laughs> at you know nine eight nine years old and i'm like thank god like i yeah. i have raised the world's youngest cat stevens fan <laughs> that's awesome which song was it like moon shadow or no it was uh the oh what was it if you want to sing out sing oh out. yeah yeah um i haven't shown him harold and Maud, but <laughs> he uh, yeah that that movie harold and Maud the the music is so, um, it, it's, the music is like a, a character in that movie. It, it's so part of that movie. And that was actually one of my favorite movies growing up too, which is completely messed up when I saw it later um, and saw and yeah. actually saw the movie. But at like six years old, it was a fun movie. And right. it got me into banjo too. Um which I think is just completely underrated as an instrument. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I, I have a banjo, but I I don't pick it up as much as I should. But uh, yeah, it's the just the way he just walks around with it, just plucking it, and it's yeah. uh, it's a great instrument. Um, um, do you play uh, guitar and banjo, or do you play? I play guitar. Um, I play okay guitar, and I play even worse banjo. <laughs> just like me yeah <laughs> it it i i enjoy playing the banjo but my fingers to do that earl scruggs type role my fingers just don't work that way yeah i and i don't know if you're required to have the lee press on nail looking things that they put on their fingers oh or yeah they, i don't know yeah and i can't mm. uh stand those and it's like i can't feel what i'm doing i don't know what i'm touching it's yeah so my yeah, i would much rather just try to build up blisters i think or calluses i, I wouldn't want to build up blisters no. i that would be painful <laughs> i know that might be part of the process to go through i guess yeah yeah um how much of your work or how uh would you say is autobiographical i would say probably I mean, there's elements, maybe like a line in a song that might be historical, but mostly um, of all the songs, probably the most biographical one would be two for one coupon because I do tend to be a little frugal. Um, and I think <laughs> in, in those kind of terms sometimes, but as far as like, mostly I think, I think I either try to tell a story or sometimes even try to write in character. Right. But right. I'm not super, I'm not super autobiographical. I don't think there was a, one of the shows um, I went to, I actually brought a date to um, 
yeah, I'm going to bring a date to, I'm like, come on, let's go see Walby Pleasant. She's like, who? Um, at the she, Denton one? I think it was at the Denton one. Yeah. And she had a really good time. And afterwards, nothing ever happened. It was, nothing came from it. But two I would for, think something would have come from it with the xylophone. I thought so yeah. too. I would wow yeah. her with my, <laughs> she would have stars in her eyes at my xylophone solo. Exactly. Um, but two for one coupon did become our song after that. Nice. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's more to be budget conscious for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a, you know, to see the show it was a great price. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a what is it big o buy one get one yeah the bogo bogo yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. yeah she got to see uh wally and then she got to see me <laughs> <laughs> oh no i just dropped my guitar pick in the in the vent here uh it's gone i know geez um how would you describe your writing process you know, um, I think when I, sometimes I just get hit with an initial idea and then I just kind of sit on that idea and when I'm doing something else like manual labor, um, sometimes that I, the idea, the song pops back into my head and while, for some reason when, I, when I'm distracted and working on something else, then I, I think, uh, just think of that, a song idea that I already had and kind of build on that, or maybe if I'm trying to fall asleep, um, build on, build on a song idea from, from there. Um, but usually I don't just sit down and try to just hash it out, um, with pen and paper and keep writing till I'm done, unless it's some, a song for like a personal, I, I do these songs for, um, personal songs for people getting married or um, birthday parties and stuff like that. So it, that process tends to be probably more conventional where I just sit there and, and write it out and practice it. But um, the, the other kind of songwriting is kind of more just uh, um, undisciplined, uh, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Um, do you, do you find that there's any difference, uh, between your approach to songwriting between, you know, early days, like songs about stuff to now? That's a good question. Um, I think, um, during the first albums, I would start with the, I would be more likely to start with the lyrics and as time has gone on, I think, um, I start with the um, melody or chord progression first um, rather than the lyrics, but I still sometimes start with the lyrics too. Um, okay. So the newest album, uh, Happy Hour, which I guess it came out two years ago. Yeah. Um, it is very, a very country album, uh, <laughs> which is new to me from you for, for you. Like, and I embarrassingly hadn't listened to it until we had scheduled this. Um, so I played it and it was expecting, you know, a Wally Pleasant album and it was country and it, it definitely was a refresh. Like it was a brand new sound like, uh, 
and very refreshing too. Uh, what motivated you to go country on this album? Well, I was um, flipping houses. Well, I, I had a house that I was working on. It makes it sound like it's multiple houses. It was one house and I was flipping it and I was doing like working on that. And uh, I would listen to country music from the late sixties and early seventies, which I think was a real sweet spot for that kind oh, yeah. of music. Yeah. Um, like David Allen Coe and Jerry Jeff Walker and who just died. Clark. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that kind of stuff. And um, so then I listened to the heck out of that and then I kind of ran out of stuff to listen to. So I kind of just started humming my own tunes and, and that was definitely, I mentioned earlier, writing and character. That was definitely, uh, there were aspects of writing from the perspective of a fictional character, which is kind of a fun way to, to write songs, I think. Um, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then um, there's uh, where I live in, in the Lansing, Michigan area. There's there's quite a few really good musicians Um there's a guy, Drew Howard, that plays the pedal steel and he plays the Telecaster. And um, there's just a lot of really, uh, really good musicians that, that happen to happen to play that music really well. So it was it was kind of a perfect, uh, perfect being a, being in a good place for that. Oh, yeah. Um, on uh, is there a song that um you have written um and one of my favorite stories too there I, I can't remember the guy's name um singer songwriter in the 50s uh just a one hit wonder and he was one of those artists that got their brief time to shine when Elvis did his service um you know like the rise of Jerry Lee Lewis time and uh but he had mm -hmm. a one hit wonder and there later years later, like in the eighties, he was doing an interview in a talk show and the host asked him, you know, do you ever get tired of playing that song? Like people, uh, you know, you play a fair, that's all they want to hear is just that one song. And you have this back catalog of work. Um, and his response was absolutely not. That song bought my house. That song put my kid in fact in college. It's my favorite song. Um, uh -huh. do you have a song, uh, that you would say you include in your playlist that is your favorite song? You can play it a hundred times over. It's like, it's what got you on that stage at that moment. You know, I don't think I ever succeeded in that, in that way with one particular song. So I, I wish there was like a song <laughs> that was like that, but I think there was just, you know, just, uh, ones that they're pretty much the same level of uh of people's being interested in um i can't think of one that's particularly more um people are more interested in than the other ones i i think um i like i like some of the song i don't know weird like some of the songs i'm i get tired of playing live and i don't play as much because i maybe got burned out playing it right. um and then because of that, I feel like I don't play them very well when I do play them because I'm just going through the motions. But then other songs, I, I still um, 
enjoy playing and I um, like some of the like let's play life which takes like the idea of, of sharing a night playing board games with somebody and then it's like romantic and um, I, I like that playing that one still and um, um, and newer stuff is is more fun to play too and sure um, but yeah for some reason stupid day job I I don't feel like I have my heart in that one when I play it um, <laughs> I don't know why maybe I just got burned out playing it or something or maybe maybe it hasn't survived the test of time or something I don't know um is there a song that you feel like like we mentioned go stupid day job now is there a song that you feel obligated like I've got to play this all right here we go no not really um I think there's different uh different people that like the different songs so I don't I don't think there's one particular hit or anything. So I don't, don't really feel obligated to really play anything. Um, uh, sometimes maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe Denny's at 4am. Yeah. No. Which is honestly not my favorite song of yours. It's, yeah. I mean, it's good, but I, you know, it's like when I was out album shopping for you, I was looking for that album. And houses. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good album. Um, but then when I picked up songs, I I'm like, this is, I mean, to me, songs about stuff, uh, listened, like there was a, uh, I, Rolling Stone or spin article talking about that first violent films album and how it just listens. Like you're, you're reading some, someone's teenage diary and everything on oh, songs God. about stuff is so innocent that, uh, it re and, and it's so, you know, it's a lower produced album. Um, yeah. but it's just so innocent that it really, that's where I guess it wasn't a comedy album to me. Like, like she's in yeah, love definitely. with a geek really like struck me. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's definitely stripped down and, um, DIY. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I, um, gosh, this has been since it was put out in 92. So going on 30 years, almost wow. holy mackerel. <laughs> yep. You're welcome for that. We brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever pick your, um, set list topically? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, no, not really topically. Usually I look at the songs musically and I don't want to have like three slow songs in a row or um, two songs that have a real similar chord progression in a row. It's mo usually based on musical feel rather than, rather than topic. But then sometimes that said, I'll accidentally just do the set list and then all of a sudden I'm seeing, oh, there, there is a theme going on here. There's four songs about that, that have something to do with food. And, and <laughs> I didn't even, <laughs> that, you know? um, and the reason I ask there, I mean, there are songs that you've done, um, like two in particular, 
uh, I hate cops. And, uh, you know, I was a teenage Republican and I was actually listening to I hate cops the other day. It popped up on my Spotify list and I'm like, wow, none of this. He could have written this song yesterday and still would have been completely observational satire of what's happening right now. There's nothing different in this song. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate that that people are still struggling and it's not in course indicative of uh, every every uh, person. It's a difficult job and everything, but yeah, with the stuff that went on this summer, really, uh, really sad, sad stuff. Would you, um, so uh, uh, referring to everything that happened this summer and really the state of the country right now, would you stray from putting that into a set list? I probably would. The, the version of me now is a, is a different, uh, different person than, than the guy that put that song. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh what do you find yourself like you mentioned country and while you're flipping your house what else do you find yourself listening to today are there any modern artists or popular artists you're really impressed with like um i don't listen to that that much music which is kind of kind of odd but mostly it's people from the past but as far as contemporary stuff i'd say like the avid brothers yeah, a lot, and uh, um, and as far as stuff from the past, I like Roger Miller and um, old Rolling Stones, and um, I just uh, random songs from the seventies, sure. one hit, one kind of KTAL stuff. Yeah. Um, um, the, like one person I have, uh, or a group that I've recently really gotten into that I had no clue had been around forever, um, is the mountain goats. And, uh, I mean, they're on their like 20th studio album right now. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John Darnell, the singer, you know, when I listen to it, um, the, the only thing I can imagine is that guy writes down and records absolutely everything. It, he's got like a photographer's mentality of, uh, songwriting where it's like, you take a hundred pictures to get one good one. And, um, would you say what? Like, would you get what kind of advice would you give to um, a young songwriter now um, who's trying to get into it, write his first songs, has aspirations to record that first album? I would say I read an interview with uh, with John Lennon one time, and he said something to the effect that once you start with an idea that, that you like, just just work through it just keep working on it till it's done which goes against what i was saying about <laughs> doing something else <laughs> happening to have like ideas pop into your head but um yeah uh just just get it done 
just keep keep uh, if if you like your idea then and and don't be afraid to try different things there that nothing is written in stone you could you could have a melody or a chord progression that you think works for the lyrics but try try several different chord progressions and melodies until you get the one that you you really think that works cuz it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be your first try right it, it, um, yeah, I always have to remember, cause uh, like in my youth too, when it came to songwriting, you know, I, I would get so hung up because every song I was trying to make the perfect song and it took me a long time to just get the mindset of they're not all going to be zingers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there really aren't any, any rules either. I mean, the perfect song for somebody else's idea might not be the perfect song for the way your brain works and step outside and, and just think, you know, don't, don't be afraid to do something that is completely different from things you might've heard before too. Well, do you have um, an album or albums that you would say are your top, top album or top five albums of all time? Ooh. My goodness. I've always liked um, Velvet Underground and Nico, the, oh, yeah. oh, the banana one. I've always liked that one a lot. Um, there was... Oh my goodness, that is a tough one. I well, know. I mean, you mentioned Pet Sounds. That's that's fantastic. Um, as far as, hmm, wow. If I, I'd almost want you to like, maybe if possible, like ask another question so I could just think about that. Some we'll, more. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll just kind of try to, um, I, I don't really, um, yeah, I, I know there's like there's a couple that are at the tip of my tongue and I'm just not not placing them right now. <laughs> it's almost an impossible question for me to answer, so that's why I ask it. Uh it's like it would change per hour if you asked me. Yeah. Um I liked uh oh there was a There was a Buzzcocks album that, and I, I'm, I'm, I can picture the album cover. I, singles is in the name. It's not Singles Going Study because that was Squeeze. Right. But it's Singles something. I, that, I love that album a lot. Um, boy. Um, and we could probably edit out all this dead air. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Well, like, Log, my brain is. Um, do you remember your first guitar? I do. It was uh, it was a Gretsch that was faintly shaped like a Les Paul, and it was like dark wood. It was it wasn't very expensive. Like when you say Gretsch, you're thinking, oh yeah, you know the George Harrison Gretsch. But no, it was just like kind of like a wannabe Les Paul, and it looked like it had like dark wood like 
that would have been on furniture in the 1970s or something. And it had, uh, um, and I had a, a Yamaha amp that had built-in distortion. And uh, I learned um, Love Me Two Times. My uncle taught it to me on, on guitar. So I do-do-do-do-do-do. And then uh, after that, uh, I played, my mom didn't play guitar, but she had a classical guitar that, that hung on the wall. So I, I, actually that was around before I got my, uh, my Gretsch there. Right. Um, but I've never been like a, a guitar collector or anything like that. I don't have that many of them. Um, and I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be one of those people that has a really expensive collectible guitar. Cause I would just worry about it all the time but as it is now it can it can get banged around in, in the case and oh there's a train again <laughs> even you know i'm not staying up at night worried about worrying about my in fact i i drew my own pick guard on my guitar just because i i saw a guitar that looked that looked like it um it was like a lefty frizzell or porter wagner martin that had this really cool pit guard that was kind of shaped like batman i got yeah. it right here and um oops see i just banged it right there and it's like this. it was like this and i i thought well i really love that guitar and i realized well the only reason i really like it is because the pit guard looks so cool yeah so then i uh just painted it on and uh <laughs> that would uh you know really snazz up my my live show having a pit guard like that <laughs> <laughs> i was uh i was just interviewing um our canadian singer songwriter a few episodes ago episodes ago um named harmony trowbridge and she you know i asked that same question and she uh you know she said she likes the worst possible guitars i mean just the real pieces of crap like, and she says it kind of makes her feel like she's adopting feral guitars. Like she's, <laughs> she's giving them a home. <laughs> oh yeah. I got a silver tone. I'd love to sell her. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, a silver tone arch top too. That is almost, I, you, it's unplayable. It. Yeah. Is it from like the fifties? I think it's like 60 Sears catalog. Um, you know, quality and model, like the action on it, I, I, the strings have to be like an inch off the fretboard. Oh yeah. And it can't stay in tune to save its life. No. And it looks cool. It's like so photogenic because it's got the F holes and everything. We probably have the same guitar. So it's, it's great for, if you want a, your picture taken with a cool looking guitar, it's great, but then it doesn't, doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. And it will because I even changed the peg heads and it still doesn't stay in tune at all. I don't even think I you think can, like, I think mine, you actually have to have a wrench to tune one of the, the pegs. It just will not turn. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I think mine was like $12. I, I got it at yard sale like 30 years ago. <laughs> and it's, And I actually had a friend who really liked it. I think mostly because of the way it looked and he had this, this baseball bat that was used by Carl Ustremski 
in a game and it had like Carly Stremski's number on the on the bottom of it. It was obviously a real major league bat. Yeah. Bat. And and he wanted to trade me. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This isn't a good guitar. This, <laughs> I, I'd love to have the Carl Ustremski bad, but this isn't this isn't what you really want. Um, a t- my top three Morrissey impressions of all time uh, are one uh, Mike Nelson, who was on Mystery Science Theater forever and ever, and then yours. And then, nice. and then, uh, old Morrissey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, so I've got to ask, um, what are your thoughts on Morrissey? Wow. You know, I, I don't, I pay too much attention. It's mostly periphery kind of stuff. You know, I understand he cuts his shows short or something. Yeah. Now? Yeah. I hear it's like one of the most awful show live shows you could possibly go to. Yeah. That's, that's what I've, I've heard. Um, Were you a ever a few years fan? ago? I mean, yeah, I was, a I was a fan of the Smiths, but sure. I wasn't like, um, I wasn't like living and breathing that the stuff, but I, I do, I do really like the Smiths a lot. And I, I love the melodies and, and the guitar parts and, uh, and his voice is, it's so, I love, you know, the way he kind of, I don't know, he just goes around the notes and has that, that whole British thing going and it's marvelous stuff. Yeah. He, uh, uh... <laughs> I, yeah, the Smiths too. I I love uh, you know the c- guitar parts and the melody because that's all Johnny Marr. Just mm-hmm. fantastic work. Um, mm-hmm. And I do love older Smiths. Um, you know, Morrissey. When Morrissey went solo to me, I kind of fell off of the Morrissey bandwagon. But it was so weird. Uh, I don't know why this question popped into my head. It was the other night I was watching a documentary about Mark Bowen and um, you know they were interviewing uh, just random people who have worked with him music promoters Um, one of the reviewers they were interviewing from the time was uh, you know had a shaved head and a robe and was sitting in his room with incense going and just real out there 60s stuff um, and then suddenly they would cut to Morrissey and, and it was just bizarre. He was like sitting in his car, like in the middle of traffic, like Morrissey just happened to pull over to talk about Mark Bolin <laughs> and it was wow. just, and it just stuck out like a sore thumb to me on, <laughs> was it re- him recently or was it from no, a the, long time ago? Yeah, this had to, it, it, re- it looked like early nineties ish Morrissey. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he just did a version, a cover of um, the Pretenders' "Chain Gang," and I'd I love to hear that. Oh, it's so good, actually. Uh, because and I didn't know this, but Johnny Marr actually wrote "Chain Gang" for the Pretenders. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either until I this came out. And look it up and listen to it because with Morrissey now singing it, it could have come off. Annie Smith's album. Wow. Yeah. They could have, wow, that could have been like their 
their hugest hugest song too probably oh absolutely <laughs> wow um yeah and i actually a few years ago uh i don't know if it was from my from my brief morrissey impression at the end of St stupid day jobs or what but a friend of mine who's a drummer had an idea to do a smith's tribute band so he so we did a few rehearsals with that and oh my gosh. Uh, it, was, it was fun doing you know the different songs and everything i thought that the most challenging part of that project would have been doing the uh the the dancing like morrissey which <laughs> with you know, the daisies yeah it's very uh very original very i mean he it's not the kind of thing that you can just you i don't know maybe uh, maybe you can but i i don't know i just what didn't come naturally for me that to dance like morrissey i don't know <laughs> um well, talking about covers, um, like I know my personal favorite cover that I've actually seen you do is a D I V O R S R C E. Um, do you have Tell me a, why not? Yeah, and that song, I that's one of the songs that actually I I will tear up a little bit every time it comes on. Tammy Wynette had to have been the saddest. Oh uh, yeah, just. <laughs> But uh, is there, and I have a thing when people ask me my personal opinions on music, because my music, you know, ranges from punk rock to, 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 you know, 90s alternative, even to some hip hop in there, but down to 50s doo-wop, I love. Um, but I always have a firm rule that there's not such a thing as good country past 1979. I know where you're coming from with that. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of dot to me it, it with some exceptions to maybe like uh Randy Travis maybe some of his work. But mm -hmm. uh you know 1979's like my hard cut off for country. But uh do you have a cover you just really enjoy playing? Hmm. Kind of like playing Ripple by the Grateful Dead that's you know kind of got a laid back hippie obviously vibe to it um uh scotch and soda uh i think it's i guess a song from the 20s or 30s but the kingston trio covered it in the 60s i that's a that's a fun one to do um and did what didn't you record that on a is that hoedown yes yes um cover that i really enjoy playing um for some reason, when I pick up the guitar and I just um, kind of, for some reason, I always play. Oh no, I had a cape. Oh, there it is. My my warming up the fingers song is um, "Don't Think Twice." Is oh god, it's really out of tune. Sorry. Oh no. But yeah, the part of the D-I-B-O-R-C that gets me is um, he thinks C-U-S-T-O-D-Y means fun or play. That just oh, gets it kills me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always play. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it qualifies as a cover I like to play, but that's kind of like a nice warm-up kind of thing for some reason for me well um 
I say this as you're putting your guitar down. Now that you warmed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, I'm off. I'm I'm good now. Um, Me and Coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you what what would you like to play for us? Oh, what I uh, play? Uh, uh, how about Let's Play Life? We mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. pack of beer and the food's on its way brand new risk board game and i'm ready to play you can go first after the pieces have been dispersed i'm really out of tune maybe i can just tune yeah yeah go for it drives me crazy i just got new strings this week oh that's the worst yeah low e i just look at it funny and it just gets flat yeah i used to uh restring before every show because i was like well i'm i want a fresh pair of strings and i want to sound good and i learned that was just the worst thing i could possibly do oh yeah just rub rubbing alcohol on them and call it good yeah <laughs> <laughs> Got a 12 pack of beer and the food's on its way. Brand new wrist board game and I'm ready to play. You can go first after the pieces have been dispersed. From the Northwest Territory to Madagascar, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen by far. And I wish you luck on your quest to rule the world. I can't help but smile as your army attacks. I've been Napoleon Bonaparte, never felt this relaxed. Please don't get mad if I make up the rules as we go. There's so much to risk, there's so much to lose. If you say my battle Shabbat, still look for clues. My pursuits aren't trivial. If a monopoly on my heart, you can twist her around, but please don't tear it apart. Maybe next time, let's play life. It's Friday night and I can't help my fascination with the way the light hits your face. World domination as the Ukraine gets attacked from the West. When the rolling dice stops and our little game ends, if your empire is destroyed, can we still be friends? Please take a card, wouldn't wanna cheat you. There's so much to risk, there's so much to lose. If you sank my battleship, I'd still look for clues. My pursuits aren't trivial, have a monopoly on my heart. You can twist her around, but please don't tear it apart. Maybe next time, let's play life. Checkers, no, no, no. Chess, moves way too slow. Sorry, uh, I gotta go. Scrabble, can't get into the flow. There's so much to risk, there's so much to lose. If you sank my battleship, I'd still look for clues. My pursuits aren't trivial. I'm a monopoly on the heart. You can twist her around, but please don't tear it apart. Maybe next time. Let's play life. We can go from the board up to the stars in our little plastic pastel cars. Maybe next time, let's play life. 
And if you accepted my invitation gladly, I would thank God for Milton Bradley. Maybe next time, let's play live. Thank you so much. Oh. And as a nerd, I love that song. <laughs> it's like the nerd's love song. I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I think uh qualifies as a nerd myself, so I feel feel pretty good about that. Uh kindred spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <It's pump. laughs> yeah. The um Yeah, well, I think that really does it now we we thank you so much for coming by um just well, thank you just like every guest to jamesville um you will if you would like uh walk away with some artisanal soap Perfect. Um, yeah yeah we like love you read my mind <laughs> <laughs> um and the brand that we like uh is i don't know if you've used it but it's dr squatch soaps not um you'll see their ads on on facebook and social media sites and uh they are all natural um and they the here are your choices um the type i use and it, this is i guess their flagship soap is pine tar oh. and and it looks like a hunk of pine tar it is black a <laughs> big black bar and it actually have bits of pine in it Wow. Um, yeah, and it smells like you are showering with a lumberjack. Um, <laughs> and, wow. Uh, yeah, it's really good. You the, can use it on a baseball bat, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next uh, scent would be uh, cedar citrus. Okay. And the, uh, the description is a refreshing and energizing blend of rustic cedar and zesty orange oils. Wow, I'd almost want to melt that down and drink it. That sounds that sounds good. And and you may you you might be able to eat it if uh, <laughs> if you yeah. want. I, I'm going to write a kids book now. Uh, you can eat anything if you set your mind to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next choice is going to be uh, deep sea goat's milk. Uh, goats milk. rejuvenate oh. and moisturize your skin with the nectar of the goats. I'm thinking that out of those three, um, well, the, I'm thinking I want the deep sea goats milk, the deep sea goats milk. Yeah, that, that seems really soothing. All right. And after, after we're done here, I will get whatever address you would like this mailed to, and I'll, I'll get that in the mail to you. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time. We won't keep you any longer because I know you're, you, you've got to get ready and uh, get in the, the house show mindset. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, tonight it's a house show, but it's actually at a dog boarding kennel called Bark Side of the Moon. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to play some Floyd? You know, probably not, but I might, um, I might hit like that one note that makes dogs go crazy. Try try to do that anyway <laughs> with my eight octave range here. Yeah. Um, oh, a, a buddy did want me to ask you. Uh, so gear wise, pedal wise, what do you use? I have a Ibanez tube screamer for the distortion. 
and I have a um, uh, boss phaser, uh, boss phaser, and then when you combine the distortion and the phaser, kind of has a wah wah pedal kind of effect. It's kind of cool. And then I got a a boss delay, right? A ridiculous right. delay. And then um, I can't remember the brand, but it's some kind of, it's a bigger one, a Morley, I think, and it's a chorus and a DOD flanger. Just uh, fun to, you know, make weird noises with all those. Yeah. What, uh, you've like stepped it up, like, yeah. since I saw you last. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's fun to, yeah, for sure. The, you know, you just get the flanger, you get them all going at one time and it's, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you can hit the dog, you can hit that note that makes dogs go crazy at that point. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't bring my pedal board for this show, but uh, damn, I should have <laughs> planned ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and uh, we will let you uh, get, go and get ready. All right. Well, thank you. I had a great time, and uh, um, yeah, any any time uh, feel feel like we you know talk some things out and uh, feel a lot better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we really worked out our differences over this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye. 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 Wow. What an awesome interview. And I'm so sad that it's over because that doesn't just mean Wally's gone, but it also means it's the end of season one. Oh my goodness. Um, it has been such a thrill uh, working with you and seeing you for this year and uh, everything you all have done to support this show. And let's not to forget, uh, let's not forget to thank our uh, Jamesville production and writing team, Ms. Erica Cole and Mr. Jerry Davis, along with all the guys and girls over at uh, Rock Island who are working to bring all this together. Um, thank you so much to everybody out there for listening. And we cannot wait to be back with you uh, next February, February 1st, 2021, with the brand new season of Welcome to Jamesville. Now, because he didn't get to play it, uh, because he is a gentleman, um, in, in his interview, I thought we I would leave you not with the Jamesville farewell song, but with something from Wally Pleasant's new album, because I think it's fantastic. Here is Wally Pleasant with Oh Doctor Please. And we'll be seeing you next year. Like, subscribe, share, and we might have a little, and we'll be seeing you at Christmas time. All right, you have a banjo-y day. I got a health plan taking part of my check on every payday. But whenever I need them, they try to find a way not to pay. Then I try to call them up and I get transferred here and there. My PPO's making me PO'd while my healthcare doesn't care. Oh, oh doctor, doctor, please. Take these chills and ills. Oh, oh doctor, doctor, please. Give me bills and pills. Oh, oh doctor, doctor, please. When I go, let it be quick. Oh, oh doctor, doctor, please. Cause my insurance makes me sick. 
They'll put you in a vortex. They're a bureaucratic beast. You'll have to fight with all your might till you are deceased. You can take names, write a letter, call them up and whine. But they'll still break all their promises for the corporate bottom line. Oh, doctor, please. Take these chills and ills. Oh, doctor, please. Give me bills and pills. Oh, doctor, please. I feel like I've been tricked. Oh, doctor, please. Cause my insurance makes me sick. I'll check out the free clinic and take my multivitamin. Oh, doctor, please. Take these chills and ills. Oh, doctor, please. Give me bills and pills. Oh, doctor, please. Put something strong in my IV drip. Oh, doctor, please. Cause my insurance makes me sick. Well, I was going to do a fourth verse to this song, but the pre-existing conditions contained in the first three parts make you ineligible for musical coverage at this time. If you'd like to hear this message again, press 2. To disconnect, press 4. Production.